He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and today we are continuing our read through of the prophet by khalil gibran picking up with the chapter on pain if you would like to read along with me the book is now in the public domain so if you do a quick search you should be able to pull up the text and read along if you like without Further ado, let us go right to the text. And a woman spoke, saying, Please tell us of pain. And he said, Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Even as the stone of the fruit must break, that its heart may stand in the sun, so must you know pain. And could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life? Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you have always accepted the seasons that pass over your fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief. Now, one of the most interesting things about this chapter is that the prophet mixes and merges our concepts of physical pain with mental and emotional pain. And in some ways, I would say there is some connection there. Um, I do not claim to be an expert on pain by any stretch of the imagination, but I I have had, you know, problems with my knees and back and some internal problems since I was very young that I had an operation when I was a child that caused me to have sudden spasmodic pain, internal pain for years before they figured out that they had kind of botched the operation and left a huge amount of scar tissue on the inside of me that was causing the problem. And I then had to have another surgery to have it removed. And as such throughout my life, I have had a strange experience with pain in that I don't have any real memories of a life without some sort of intense pain in it. I I don't, I mean, I have memories prior to the operation and they're, they're more like images or brief, you know, glimpses of things. But some of my earliest, most vivid memories are of sweeping and intense pain. So throughout my life, 
I have done many things to mitigate the pain. And the one thing that has helped me most recently in my life is a practice that I picked up from Thich Nhat Hanh's book on reconciliation, which is to bring mindfulness to the pain. The miracle of mindfulness, as he calls it. And it's amazing how mitigating mindfulness can be. And what this has cemented in my mind, and it's something that we're going to talk about a bit when we go on to the next chap, the next uh, section, is how much there is a difference between pain and suffering, at least in my life. I, I don't want you to think that I am judging anyone who has had a different experience to my own, because I, I am not. I, as somebody who has experienced various chronic pains, you know, for as long as they can remember, I would never dare judge someone who has not had a similar experience to mine, because I, I do understand and know how debilitating those pains can be. And to this day, I still sometimes have pain that is so debilitating that I can't do anything. But what I have learned throughout my life, both from my emotional pain and my physical pain, is that pain exists, it comes, it goes, it abides for the time that it will. But suffering is, to a certain extent, a function of our attachment to the pain and our acquiescence to it. I know in my own life, from my own experience, when I bring mindfulness to the pain, to the area that is crying out, and have that sort of mindful detachment that you learn through meditation. While the pain may remain, sometimes it actually appears to lessen, but often the pain remains. But my experience of suffering that goes along with the pain dulls, and sometimes even disappears. It is something that is almost miraculous, almost magical, and something that I highly recommend you try in your own life. Um, I would recommend that you buy Thich Nhat Hanh's book on, suffer on a reconciliation, just because I can't, I, I don't have the time on this podcast, and I don't want to step on his toes, because he teaches the process far better than I would. But it, it is something that has helped me out a lot. Continuing from the text. Much of your pain is self-chosen. It is the bitter potion by which the physician within you heals your sick self. Therefore, trust the physician and drink his remedy in silence and tranquility. For his hand though heavy and hard, is guided by the tender hand of the unseen. And the cup he brings, though it burn your lips, has been fashioned of the clay which the potter 
has moistened with his own sacred tears. Now, I feel like I have to insert something here. There are a lot of woo salesmen and uh, snake oil salesmen on the internet nowadays that are encouraging people to do all manner of things and drink all manner of poisons on the false idea that they are cure-alls, that they are panaceas, that they found the magical matrix that you just drink this poison and you will get better. And then people write to them saying, well, I drank your poison and it hurt. It caused pain. And they say, well, that's just proof that it's working. That's not what the prophet is saying here. And that's not what I or Gibran is um, recommending. A good way to think about this is, you know, a bruise or a stubbed toe or, you know, a cut. They hurt as they're healing. I remember when I broke my arm, the exquisite pains that would radiate out from it. And that was the healing process. I remember when my cast was taken out and I had lost so much strength in that arm, the pain of getting that strength back. That was the process of healing. Um, I know from my own experience with my daily exercise, it causes pain in my legs. It causes pain in my back, but that is the muscles trying to strengthen themselves. It is the system trying to right itself. And so while I don't believe that the prophet is encouraging a, you know, no pain, no gain mentality here. It is important to remember that as we say in the via negativa, pain is a real part of our spiritual process. Grief comes, pain comes. These are things that are natural to our lives. Those pains, those wounds will heal. And very often that pain is part of the process of healing. I know from the various surgeries that I've had throughout my life, there is an immense amount of pain that often goes with the recovery process. But that pain is necessary to get to the other side so that healing can set in. So, I hope that that's helpful. Let's go on to the next chapter. And a man said, Speak to us of self-knowledge. And he answered, saying, Your heart, I'm sorry, your hearts know in silence the secrets of the days and the nights. But your ears thirst for the sound of your heart's knowledge. You would know in words that which you have known in thought. You would touch with your fingers the naked body of your dreams. I love this opening part of the discourse here because it touches on something very real to any of us that are on the mystic path, that we often acquire a certain knowing, a certain understanding that we can feel in our bones 
about a certain thing. But when we try to put it in words, when we try to share it with others, those words fall flat. Those words don't cover the actual knowledge we're trying to share, the actual insight we're trying to share. We desperately want to put them into words, one, so we can understand them better, but two, so we can share them with others. And those words are all too often a pale imitation of the experience itself. You'll, you've heard me on this podcast often refer to the tabaratic light that many experience during meditation. What this is, is you'll be sitting in meditation, and though the external illumination doesn't change, you will sense and feel. It's more than just seeing light surrounding you. You, you will experience it in such a tangible, real way. And we, in the Christian tradition, connect this to the light that the apostles experienced on Mount Tabor. It's so much more than just light. It's not just, oh, everything got bright for a second. It's hard to explain this experience. So we coin this term. And it's a term you can find in mystic writings going back for centuries, because it's something that we can discuss the tabaratic light. We can discuss the light that the apostles encountered with Christ on Mount Tabor and see how their experience and our experience relate to each other. And through that metaphor, we can then discuss this experience better, but we'll always have that desire to touch to feel, to hold in words an experience that is so far beyond words that we can never put them there. So don't feel frustrated about that. Don't feel locked down in your inability to express these mystical experiences, to express these inner truths. There are many that are really hard to explain. I've, over my life, especially here recently, had to try to explain to other people what my dysphoria feels like and what dysphoria is. And I can share a medical definition. I can share, you know, dictionary definitions. I can try to relate my experiences, but those experiences pale next to the the actual experience. The, the words just can't reach the actual feelings and sensations that I have in those moments. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't try to share, I shouldn't try to explain. What we always have to understand is that our words are always pale metaphors for the greater spiritual truths we are trying to share. And on that note, let's go to the break and we'll continue this after these words from our sponsor. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Okay, so here we are talking about self-knowledge. Let's continue from the text. And it is well, you should. Remember, we're talking about touching the naked body of our dreams. And it is well, you should. The hidden wellspring of your soul must needs rise and run murmuring to the sea, and the treasure of your infinite depths 
would be revealed to your eyes. But let there be no scales to weigh your unknown treasure, and seek not the depths of your knowledge with staff or sounding line. For self is a sea boundless and measureless. This brings me to one of my favorite quotes about God. There's was a book written in the Middle Ages, or early Renaissance, somewhere in there, that is 24 kind of aphorisms about the nature of God. And one of them is God is an intelligible sphere whose perimeter is everywhere, whose circumference is everywhere, and whose center is nowhere. And I love that image. It expresses so well an idea that is so hard (laughs) to express. And remembering that we are made in the image of God, our, the limits to our understanding and our ability are everywhere. We, we, you cannot find them. They stretch out beyond us, but our center is nowhere. It is measureless. It is boundless. We have this horrible idea that we can figure out what stage we're on, what level we're on, where are you in your understanding? The Buddhists have talk about the uh, meditative absorptions, the jhanas, that can be experienced during meditation. And it's tempting for some to try to turn those into what level have you attained? But it's not about attaining a level. It's not about how deep have you gotten into your soul. These are things that we can never really fully delve into the depths of. We could continue this practice forever and never exhaust all of the wonder that is there to be found. Be careful and mindful that you don't get distracted on your path by trying to determine what level or stage you are at. Most of the ones that we have, such as, you know, St. Bonaventure's journey into the mind of God, are a series of practices, one after another after another, to help us experience the world better. They're not actually stages of enlightenment. Continuing from the text. Say not, I have found the truth but rather, I have found a truth. Say not, I have found the path of the soul. Say rather, I have met the soul walking upon my path. For the soul walks upon all paths. The soul walks not upon a line, neither does it grow like a reed. The soul unfolds itself like a lotus of countless petals. And how true that is. I mean, in the creation spirituality tradition, we talk about the four paths, the path of bliss, the path of silence, the path of creativity, and the path of change. And we talk about these because they make for good umbrellas to discuss a lot of other topics. They are not the only four paths. 
But for the most part, any experience that you have, you can kind of fit into one of those four. And we don't walk them one at a time. We don't walk them singly. This is why you'll hear me talk about the spiral dance. Some days you'll have one foot in the Via Positiva and one foot in the Via Creativa, one hand in the Via Transformativa, while your mind is in the Via Negativa. This can happen. These four paths are ex ways for us to explain our experiences to each other. They are ways for us to learn from the experiences of others. They are a truth. They are paths the soul walks. And the soul dances through them all. I think we have time. Let's go on to the next cha chapter on teaching. Then said a teacher, speak to us of teaching. And he said, no man can reveal to you aught but that which already lies half asleep in the dawning of your knowledge. The teacher who walks in the shadow of the temple among his followers gives not of his wisdom, but rather of his faith and of his lovingness. If he is indeed wise, he does not bid you enter the house of his wisdom, but rather leads you to the threshold of your own mind. The astronomer may seek to may speak to you of his understanding of space, but he cannot give you his understanding. The musician may sing to you of the rhythm which is in all space, but he cannot give you the ear which arrests the rhythm or the voice that echoes it. And he who is versed in the science of numbers can tell you of the regions of weights and measures, but he cannot conduct you thither. For the vision of one man lends not its wings to another. And even as each one of you stands alone in God's knowledge, so must each one of you be alone in the knowledge of God and in his understanding of the earth. This is a theme I stress on this show repeatedly and constantly. I am not here as the wise teacher to guide you into all truth. We are here together to seek out the voice of wisdom. Her voice is not my voice. Perhaps from time to time, I will speak and she will speak through me or with me or beside me or around me or through the words that I use inspire wisdom in you. Sometimes through the words I use, she inspires wisdom in me, which is why I enjoy doing these podcasts. But I do not speak with wisdom. I, I cannot share with you the wisdom that I have, which is why I often speak of my faith and my loving kindness and my compassion and my understanding of these things. These things I can share with you. My wisdom will not help you. And anyone who tells you that they have found a secret that once shared with you will change your life 
very often they're misleading you. They're after your money. They're after your attention. They're after your devotion. You see, the real practice of spiritual teaching, the real goal of any of us who wish to lead others to wisdom is to explain as we see and to give others the tools that we have used and the inspiration to find their own tools to find wisdom on their own. I cannot share with you what I know. And it's not because I am greedy. It's not because I want to hoard it all to myself. It's because I understand what I understand through the myriad curves and contours of my own life. My experiences, my life colors everything that I know and everything that I believe and everything that I will ever say. And unless you have had the same experience, unless you've lived the same life and read the same books and sat with the same teachers and done the same practices, and I mean same, I mean identical down to the moment. So you would have to be 42 years old. You would have to have gone through every experience I did at precisely the same time that I did. You wouldn't fully understand where I'm coming from. And that's true with you. I cannot fully understand your wisdom because I haven't lived your self-same life. This is the power of metaphor. This is the power of myth. This is why we use these phrases. It's why we talk about the paths, because I have my experiences of the four paths. You have your experience of the four paths. And as we talk about those experiences, we can point each other further down that path. We cannot, unfortunately, show each other the wisdom, the experience, the joys and the sorrows that we have encountered along the way. I, in my life, have experienced things that are so far beyond words that I don't, I don't know even how to bring them up. Right now, well, I'm just trying to say that they happened. But that's okay. Because you don't have to have the same experiences that I did. You don't have to have the same life that I have had. In fact, it's better that you don't. Because in not having my life, you don't have my sorrows. You don't have my pains. And I don't have yours. I have my own. As Jesus said, the day will be will have the evil sufficient to itself. I have my life, and I have my wisdom. I can share with you what I can. I can share with you the guideposts along the way. And I would love for you to be doing the same with me, because that's how we learn. That's how we seek out wisdom's voice. And that's the brilliance of the prophet, is throughout the book so far, the prophet has spoken so eloquently on so many topics. And in the end, and we're not at the end of the book yet, but in the end, the prophet reminds us that he's not teaching us wisdom. He's merely speaking of his faith and his lovingness. 
And so long as we understand that this is the faith of the Prophet, that this is the faith of al-Mustafa, and the faith of maybe Khalil Gibran, though he himself said he learned a lot through the writing of this book, that he felt the book was writing him as much, if not more, than he was writing the book. We're not here to take in the wise words of the book and to follow them in rote repetition. We are here to listen to the faith of the prophet and in them to be led to the threshold of our own minds where we can encounter wisdom on our own. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I really do love talking about this stuff. If you've enjoyed this episode and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general, please do that. That helps out a lot. That tells the algorithms to share Wisdom's Cry with more people. If you have a buck you can throw my way, in the show notes you'll you'll see a link that says join my Anchor support community and support this podcast. Or, depending on some of the apps, actually have a button that says support. If you click that, you can support at the $1.00. Five dollar or ten dollar a month levels. I don't get to set those. Those are just how the app, the service that I work, use works. That money goes to me and helps me to continue doing these episodes, um, as well as paying for upkeep on the website and the tools that I use to make this stuff. Especially because I'm probably going to have to get a new mic soon, which I'm not looking forward to. If you don't have a buck you can throw my way or you don't feel like doing it right now, that's perfectly all right. I do not do this podcast for money. I really do this podcast because I want to talk to you and share with you the insights that I have experienced throughout my life and help you to find wisdom. But the two things you can do for me is pray. Pray for me. Your prayers have power. Never doubt the power of prayer. And it really would help me out a lot if you would include me in your prayers. The other thing that you could do is if you know anybody that you think would benefit from this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out a lot. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at wisdom cries out on Twitter and find a link to all my social media and everything over at wisdomscry.com. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom and compassion. Amen.